Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome in. My name is Kevin Hissong with Rain Over Money. Thanks for joining me for episode 15. And today we are going to be talking about non-retirement investing or specifically, uh, more specifically, talking about just general brokerage accounts. Now, I know 401ks, IRAs, Roth IRAs, they get a lot of love out there. Uh, but we're going to be focusing today on the other side, which is the brokerage account, which is very important for many reasons. And, I, and I'll get into here. I've, I've kind of got a list of things I want to I want to touch on with this. But uh, it's just another piece that adds to the mix. So I've updated the ROM diamond uh, to to cover this this section of it, which is non-retirement investing. That's going to come in handy for many different options for you. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, whether you're working with a financial advisor or or with uh, doing this on your own. Uh, Brokerage accounts very important. So first and foremost, obviously you get your job, you get your your four hundred one k going, maybe get your Roth IRA set up. But you know, let's say you've got uh, some extra discretionary income after your budget for the month, and you want to start putting some other money aside. Uh, yes, one option is a five twenty nine plan for college funding, and we'll get in and talk about that a little bit. But you know, throwing throwing this out, what if you don't know if your child's going to go to college? Um, you know, there are strict, there are some, some restrictions on 529 plans and uh, yes, they can grow tax free and they're, they're a great tool. Uh, definitely. If you know that your children are going to go to college, we have uh, one for both of our children. Uh, but let's say you don't know about that, but you still want to potentially be saving for college. Brokerage accounts are a great way to do that. Great way to put that, that um, extra disposable income to work for you better than just sitting in a checking account or savings account. Yes, rates have come up a little bit better uh, in, the, in the last six months or so, but uh, let's say you want to invest some of that over time. The way we use our brokerage account, pretty simple. Uh, again, I mentioned we don't use a lot of, uh, or don't put a lot of money and keep a lot of money in the bank account. We want as much money working for us as possible. We're keeping uh, really all that we need for our monthly cash flow purposes. And then anything that's more of an immediate savings need, like if we know something that's coming up in two, three months and we want some money liquid for that, uh, we'll keep that maybe in the bank account. But anything else is going to the brokerage account. Uh, you can set it up single. You can set it up joint with survivor. Uh, that's the way my, my wife and, and, and mine are. Um, and there's some other features I'll get into in a little bit in regards to setting up the accounts. Uh, but very flexible. We put the money over there. We transport for it. Uh, transfer it. We use um, E-Trade, which is now owned by Morgan Stanley. If you're using a financial advisor, uh, they could clear through Schwab. Uh, Schwab and TD have merged now, so that's kind of just one. Fidelity is another big one. You can open up a brokerage account, Vanguard, so on and so forth. Uh, a lot of the major names that you see out there, but we use we use E-Trade, and I've never had any issues with it. Robinhood is one that a lot of people are using just starting out, and I hear good things about it. Never used Robinhood, but uh, that's definitely an option as well, especially if you're starting out maybe with some, some small purchases. Um, but in, in a in a perfect world, you're going to start your brokerage account, you're going to open it up, and then maybe you know that you're going to have some discretionary income that's available to you every month. Start a systematic um, push from that bank account over into your brokerage account. So that's money's getting out of your hands where it could be touched and spent and get it over into that brokerage account so that you can invest it or, or maybe set up some type of automatic investing, buying a, an exchange traded fund, mutual fund, stocks, whatever it may be. And that, uh, you know, mentioning exchange traded funds, stocks, mutual funds, that's the beauty of a, a brokerage account. You've got total flexibility into what you can invest in. Um, for my, myself, what we invest in primarily ETFs, exchange, tra exchange traded funds, ETFs, 
not so much mutual funds anymore. Uh, just I like the flexibility of the ETFs, uh, mutual funds as well. There, there's one thing that's always bothered me about mutual funds, and that's specifically if you hold a bond fund or any type of mutual fund has to distribute its capital gains at the end of the year. So especially in a brokerage account, because any gains that you get out of that brokerage account, if you liquidate, if you sell a mutual fund, if you sell an ETF, if you sell a stock and it has gains, you have to pay taxes on that. It's not like a retirement account. It's not like um, you know any type of tax deferred account where you're waiting until retirement. You're going to pay taxes on that right away. So you want to be kind of tax efficient with what, how, you're, how you're doing that. And what I mean by that and why I'm not a big fan of mutual funds is because at the end of each year, they throw off their capital gains. They have to throw those off and return those to the investors. So even though maybe you've held on to your mutual fund for that this year and the year previous and so on, every year, if there's capital gains, you're going to be getting some type of dis distribution thrown off that you have to pay taxes on. Now you can reinvest that, which you should be doing unless you need the income. But that being said, it's still something you might want to watch for. And that's why I'm not as big a fan on mutual funds versus ETFs. You don't have that issue with, with ETFs. And they really look the same as mutual funds. I think ETFs are just a, 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 a new way to utilize the, uh, the pooling that mutual funds do. Uh, in terms of the holdings, I talk about ETFs a lot. Um, SPY is just the Standard & Poor's Index. Very simple. You're just buying the S&P 500. It, it tra uh, trades right along with it. So if the S&P is up 8% for the year, you're probably going to be up 8% for the year. Uh, it really tracks it uh, up and down uh, both ways. So I like it. It's simple to invest in. You're getting the overall market. And I think it's a nice way to tiptoe in. It's not aggressive. Um, I consider the overall market fairly a, a moderate investment strategy. So if you're investing in the market, that's a modern investment strategy. So maybe you've got these, these uh, earmarked assets, again, that you're keeping in your, or your bank account. But then you've got some other assets you want to try and grow and get some growth on to uh, maybe A, beat inflation or B, even uh, get some market returns. You know, start investing in ETFs. Uh, maybe you want to invest in some stocks. I think, uh, as I've talked about before, I'm a big fan of dividend investing. If you're just tiptoeing into stocks, I think you start with the, the aristocrats, the dividend aristocrats, those that have increased their, their dividends over many, many years. And it's a great way. If you're buying in you know, every year or every month or every quarter, you're sending money over to buy stocks. Um, great names are, are, are those like Johnson & Johnson, JNJ, ticker symbol. Um, AT&T is always a solid one, uh, labeled T. Verizon is VZ. Uh, one of my all-time favorites, Illinois Toolworks, ITW, and another one is American Water, uh, AWK. Just some names I'll throw out there if you're just looking for some places to get started. But the great thing about dividend investing in a brokerage account, there's a good and a bad side to it. Uh, the good side is you're investing in those stocks. Hopefully you're getting some growth over the years. <clears throat> They're going to pay dividends. Uh, those dividend paying stocks will pay dividends quarterly. Uh, when they pay those dividends, you have the election in your brokerage account to take the income, which, you know, if you're retired and you want that income, definitely. Um, but if you're um, still just growing your assets, you want to reinvest those. So you'll invest, you'll, you'll check the box or there's a way to set up a, a dividend reinvestment program. It's called DRIP and in your brokerage account. And what you're simply doing is every time you get a dividend, you're buying more shares. Every time you get a dividend, you're buying more shares. Usually it's on a quarterly basis. So you just keep buying and buying and buying. The only downside to that is you do have to pay taxes every year that, that there is... Um, uh, a, a dividend distribution. So if uh, in 2023, you got $300 in dividends from Johnson & Johnson stock, you have to pay 
uh, taxes on those dividends, even though you may have reinvested those, uh, those dividend assets. They actually go into your cost basis and increase your cost basis or the basis versus which any gains or losses it is based on. Um, the nice thing about dividends is they are taxed at a different tax rate. Um, so they are taxed at a lower tax rate than capital gains for the most part. So you do have that benefit. You know, dividends are, aren't going to crush you. They're not going to really hurt you. Uh, now, if you're, you're starting to get 10, 20, $30,000 a year in dividends, then that's something you got to look into. If, if you want to have all that dividend distribution in your brokerage account, if you're making, uh, you know, creating that much income where maybe it could, could be going to some other tax deferred account. Uh, but again, brokerage accounts very flexible because of you can pick and choose what you want. We even bought a CD in ours. I mentioned um, we've got our property taxes coming due in November. So I found a nice six month CD that's going to pay like four and a quarter over uh, annualized. So like two, 2.12% over six months. That'll be nice. We'll take the income. We'll pay or we'll, we'll, we'll pay taxes on the interest that's generated from that. And we'll keep the interest for, you know, Christmas presents or whatever. But we'll have that money already earmarked to pay our um, property taxes. Nice thing about brokerage accounts as well, they're very seamless in, in being tied to your bank account. If you bank at a, uh, you know, a Fifth Third or a Chase or Wells Fargo, whatever it may be, uh, very easy to move money back and forth between your accounts. Should you need money from the brokerage account, you can get it. And if you want to get money over the brokerage account, you can do that as well. Brings me to another point, talking about liquidity. Uh, if you would say be invested in some stocks and something pops up and you don't have enough money in your bank account and you maybe you need to liquidate or sell some of that stock uh, to get that money. Uh, you can then sell the stock if there's gains you will pay capital gains short term or long term capital gains, uh, depending on how long you've held it less than 12 months is short term gains longer than 12 months is is, uh, is long term gains so depending on that uh, they're taxed at a different rate. Long-term gains are much more tax-friendly, so you want to try and hold a stock for at least a year or an ETF for at least a year, so you get the long-term gains uh, as your benefit. But if you sell, uh, it, it's it's trade plus T plus two, it's called. So so trade plus two. So the day you make the trade, um, your assets will become available to you in two business days. So you kind of have to plan that. If you make the sell on Monday, then maybe say Wednesday you'll have access to the money and you can get that transferred over to your bro to your bank account. For us with E-Trade, it usually takes a day or two. So again, that money can go from being sold to in your bank account, you know, four days or so, five days, which is pretty darn good. Uh, assuming again, it's not an emergency and you don't need that money like the next day. And again, you should not have, uh, you should have an emergency fund that's readily handy for you to have access to money that next day or, or immediately versus four to five days out. We use our brokerage account for short-term periods, uh, middle term periods, I'm investing a little more uh, moderately to moderately aggressive for further out and then mo uh, more aggressive, I'd say, uh, much further out. And when I mean much further out, another advantage to brokerage accounts is you can take that money out at any time without any penalty. If you're familiar with a 401k IRA, most times there are some ways around it, which we'll get into in another episode, but for the most part, you can't touch that money till 59 and a half. And it's earmarked that way so that it's going to be there for your retirement. Most people are not retiring before 59 and a half. So if you're 60, 62, 66, you can start withdrawing that money without penalty. Now, that being said, with a brokerage account, let's say you've got a plan to retire early. Uh, you know, a lot of people, I, I think the, uh, 
I think the pandemic kind of set people's eyes a little bit more about maybe not working until they're 65, 70 years old, maybe enjoying life a little more uh, sooner. And so let's say you've earmarked 55, you want to start uh, converting into retirement. Well, if you're going to lose your paycheck, you're going to need some assets um, to, to fill the bill, fit the bill, pay the bills. <laughs> uh, until you reach 59 and a half and can touch your IRA and your Roth and your 401k. And that's where a brokerage account's very handy as well. You can start uh, with the dividends. If you've got a lot of dividends coming off from the brokerage account, you can get those. You can start selling off uh, stocks, bonds, whatever have you in that brokerage account. And you can start taking that income, um, you know, anytime. And again, depending on how long you've held it, it'll be taxed as long-term capital gains or short-term capital gains, short-term capital gains, are, are for the most part pretty much your ordinary income rate. Uh, so again, if you've held these things for a while, it can really reduce your, your taxable uh, hit when it comes time to take that income. So from a planning standpoint, brokerage account, very flexible, nice option to have. I would say we have about 25 to 30% of our investable assets in our brokerage account. We are planning on retiring uh, fully, uh, retiring early. So something's got to pay the bills from that 55 to 59 and a half stretch. And that's where the, the joint brokerage account will come in play to do that. Rest of the money will continue to grow in the IRAs and 401ks uh, going forward. So that's a great part of it. Another great part of it is, and I hate to sound a little macabre here, but there is definitely a benefit to stocks and, and, and ETFs when it comes to, uh, now I'm going to take that back actually, because I'm not sure about ETFs, but definitely on stocks, there's something called a stepped up basis. And what that means, actually it is, it's for stocks, bonds, uh, or stocks, uh, ETFs and mutual funds. Sorry, just had a little brain, uh, brain fog there for a second. But in a brokerage account, this isn't the same in a, in a qualified account. This isn't the same in an IRA. This is the same in a 401k. But let's say you've got $500,000 invested in five different stocks. Initially, you put $100,000 in there. So you've got $400,000 in gains. If something happens to you, your beneficiary gets those assets at a stepped up basis. So when you pass away, that 100,000 steps up to 500,000. So there's essentially now no gains in the account and it's passed on to the beneficiary with no gains. Uh, that's called a stepped up basis. And again, it's only for brokerage accounts and investments in a brokerage account. And from a tax planning standpoint, this is something a lot of people use. You know, if you've got highly appreciated assets, I mean, there's people that have held stocks for 40, 50 years that maybe they started out with 10,000. We think of Apple, you know, you start out with $10,000 and now it's worth a million dollars you've got $990,000 of gains there. From a tax planning and estate planning standpoint, you don't wanna ever sell that uh, if you've got other assets you can live on because when you pass those on, if you can wait and pass those on to your beneficiaries, that cost basis will get stepped up to the $1 million and it will essentially pass on, I don't wanna say really tax-free, but it'll pass on that million dollars would be stepped up and then whatever the beneficiary decides to do with it, uh, if it grows to 1.2 million, then they'd have $200,000 in gains. If it goes down to 900,000, they'd actually have 100,000 in losses. Uh, so you can see the, the benefits and the flexibility of a brokerage account and how it works a little differently. Um, I just want to mention a couple other things here. I mentioned income generation. If, if you like 
dividends and you want the idea of maybe starting to live off dividends uh, as you get in your 40s, 50s, you want some extra income. Again, you can turn off your drip if you've been doing dividend reinvestment in AT&T over the years and now you want to start taking income. You simply uh, notify your brokerage account, notify your advisor, uh, click the button like it is on E-Trade. They make it very simple and you turn off dividend reinvestment and now the income starts going into your cash account in your brokerage account and that can easily transfer over and sweep into your bank account. So tons of flexibility there um, for, for utilizing dividends. I uh, mentioned the capital gains and dividend advantages. Um, tax reporting from the custodians are very easy, very simple. Uh, they do a nice job with it. And I think the most important thing for, for those that are new to the brokerage account to understand is as long as you don't sell your stock, as long as you don't sell your ETFs, you will not pay any taxes on those. If you had a great year and your Johnson & Johnson stock went from $5,000 to now it's worth $8,000, that $3,000 gain, as long as you don't sell that, it's just sitting in the account continuing to grow. There, there's, you only pay taxes when you sell outside of dividends. So I hope that makes sense. There's two ways you pay taxes on stocks and ETFs, it's on the dividends that are thrown off and on any capital gains. But as long as you're not selling the stock, you won't pay anything on the growth of that stock ETF mutual fund. Again, distributions, capital gains distributions on mutual funds, dividends on ETFs, dividends on stocks, you will pay ongoing uh, taxes on that. So just be aware for your, your, your work, work with your CPA, you can work with your financial advisor to understand that a little more. Um, if you would ever want to transfer a brokerage account from one brokerage account to another, and this is the last thing I'll say, and I'll wrap it up with this. Very simple to do. It's called an ACAT transfer. You don't have to sell. So if you've got very highly appreciated stocks, you don't have to cash out those stocks to move somewhere else. Let's say for one reason or another, E-Trade made you mad or TD made you mad or Fidelity made you mad and you want to switch to a competitor. You can just do an ACAT transfer. All it does is transfer the Johnson & Johnson from one holding custodian to another, you don't have to sell out of it. Uh, just something to remember there. Very easy, very friendly uh, if you're ever in that situation. So I hope you found this valuable. Um, Non-retirement investing should be another piece to the puzzle. Again, I've updated the ROM diagram. I've got it on the website. I'll post it on the Instagram site. And, and speaking of Instagram, Twitter, give us a like, give us a follow. Um, we'll have this out on the, the YouTube channel and wherever you get your podcast. But again, I thank you so much for joining me talking about non-retirement investing and, and brokerage accounts. Any questions, concerns, anything uh, I wasn't clear about or want me to talk about more, shoot me a comment. Let me know. Shoot me an email. Contact information's on the website at rainovermoney.com. Again, I'm Kevin Hissong. Thanks again for joining me so much and have a great evening, everyone. Take care. We'll talk to you soon.